When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Ah, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Welcome to Off The Tee. Sam Hargraves, Nick Ahern with you. Great to have your company as we just delve into the wonderful world of golf. And it is a pleasure, as always, to be joined by the former world uh, number 16, the only man with the two-zip record against the great Tiger Woods. Nick, hello. G'day, Sam. Great to be here again. Great to be here with you. Can, I, can you just indulge me for a moment? I know this is probably going to be a little awkward on the podcast when we put this up at sen.com.au. But just on the little chat I was having before about uh, draftees wanting to go home, Phil in Abbotsford had a question. Sam, you've read out a lot of numbers. Just simply, how many of the last 100 top 20 picks have asked to go home? That cuts to the core of it. Well, Phil, since 2015... Of the top 20 draft picks taken, 17 have asked to go home. Thank you. Uh, now, let's turn our attention. <laughs> well, that's a fair point from no, Phil, and I didn't was. want to leave it out because like, there was the one thing I forgot to read out. I did every year in, in isolation. Yeah. Didn't just give him the total amount. People are busy, Nick. Absolutely. They don't have time to listen to me waffle <laughs> on <laughs> and labour You're updating them on everything. It's yeah, great. it was a bit much. Uh, Phil's 100% right. Thanks, Phil, in Abbotsford. Um, geez, there's been a lot uh, to get through this week. Why don't we start with... Um, We'll start with the positive stuff. Won't okay. We? Not okay. that it's not positive, but we, yeah, there's, a, there's a, obviously a bit happening uh, in the world of golf. So um, let's start with um, some of the results. The performance of Tom Kim mm. does something that only Tiger Woods has been able to do. Yep. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to steal your stat here, but no, I'm more than a, happy for I'm, let, no, I'm more than happy for you to wheel it out. <laughs> uh, first player since Tiger Woods to get two PGA wins before he turns 21. He um, it was involved in an incredible last day um, in the PGA. Now, is it Shriners or Shriners? Shriners. Shriners yeah, Children's Shriners. Open in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible performance. In the end, a, a three-shot win over Patrick Cantlay, and we'll speak about the uh, capitulate the Cantlay mm. capitulation. Say that three times fast. <laughs> yeah, I reckon I'd get myself in trouble. Um, Bogey-free in the whole four days and a three-shot win. This guy is a star. Yeah. He, he is a superstar. And it was interesting because he he won this event in a different fashion, I guess, to what you saw him at the President's Cup. We saw him a couple of weeks ago mm. and he was fist-pumping, he was walking putts in, he was you know, very vocal. And that's a side of him that no one had really seen before. The Koreans aren't really known for that on the golf course and he kind of went back to the usual style of play that that he does uh, have you know stays within himself uh very consistent very solid not too many theatrics going on bogey free that is incredible i mean to play 72 i mean to play nine holes without a bogey is pretty impressive 18 mm. is uh, is very rare but then to do it four days in a row uh that was an outstanding effort from him but he, he thanked his caddy uh, in a big way afterwards, a guy called Joe mm. Scovran, who was on the bag of Ricky Fowler for a number of years, about 10 years or so. And the last couple of years on Ricky ba- Fowler's bag have been 
not great. I mean, Ricky hasn't played very good golf over the last few years. The President's Cup, I believe, was their first week together. And obviously we saw what happened there at the President's Cup. And then to come out and then play this event, their first event together uh, on a paid event, I guess you could say, to come out and win was just incredible. And I was watching some of the footage during the week and, and he said some things to Tom that were just like spot on. In, in crucial situations, I think it was on the 16th hole, for instance, he had to lay up. And Tom, you could sort of see, was overthinking things. He mm. was just, you know, things were starting to get fast on him and he, he was trying to break it down, going, oh, but, you know, what should I do, what should I do? And, and Joe just says, look, this isn't complicated. Just hit a lob wedge in the fairway and we'll go from there. It was the best thing he could have said to him. He did that. And then you spoke about the Cantlay capitulation on well, 18. That was fascinating to watch. So on day three, he misses a birdie putt on 18 that would have given him a course record of 59. The the magical number in golf. 59. That's how well he was playing. He hit a good putt too. I yeah. mean, he had about a 25-footer and it almost went in. What was his lead going into the, the final day? I just didn't write it down. I think he was tied for the lead, I believe, with uh, Tom Kim, but I, I'd have to check that. A day later, um, he triple bogeys 18 <laughs> um, and has a three-shot loss. It would have been his eighth uh, PGA victory. He's won seven times since 2019. What did you... 30 years of age, he's a FedEx Cup champion, world number four. What, what did you make of that? Because it was, mm. like, extraordinary to see where he found himself and just how he couldn't get out, and then where he found himself when he did get out. Well, whether he makes a triple or a bogey, it doesn't matter. He's going to lose the golf tournament. You know, Parr's yeah. probably going to be a playoff birdie to win. That was yeah. sort of the, you know, the mindset going on to the tee. Him and Tom Kim were tied. Uh, Cantley pulls out three wood and just hits a bit of a, a rope hook, basically. It was mm. a, a quicker swing, one that you don't really see him do under pressure. Now, where the ball finished up, if you were playing, if this was the second or third round, he would have taken a drop, gone back, and then played for bogey. But he knew that, okay, the only chance I've got here to maybe have a chance of winning this golf tournament yep. is to try and get the ball back on the fairway and get it up and down from there. So he took a big risk trying to do it, left it in there. Unfortunately, then he had to take an unplayable. Then he hits it in the water and he ends up holding a 30-footer for a triple bogey. So he, he knew he was out of the tournament. He was in it to win it or finish fifth. It doesn't really bother him whether he finishes runner-up or not. So I understand, you know, he took a real gamble. The mistake was made on the tee shot, pretty simple. And then Tom Kim standing in the middle of the fairway thinking, well, I just got to not hit this in the water. I'm going to win this tournament. And he, he did that very easily. Easy two-part, nice par. And uh, and his second win before the age of 21, which, as you mentioned, Tiger Woods did it in 1996. He's younger mm. than Tiger Woods. And this was one of the tournaments too. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're spot on. The only guy that's ever been younger than him to win at this uh, under-21 is Ralph Guldal back in, I think, the 1930s or 40s, something like that. But this guy, he's, uh, he's going to be a big player for years to come. Uh, and, and from what we're seeing, the only thing he doesn't have is length. Now, he's young. He's still probably going to get stronger and f maybe fill out a bit more, although he's filled out enough, I think. Maybe it's just a matter of uh, getting a bit more muscular and yeah. stronger. That length could possibly come, but he's, he's got all the... All the tools, I guess you could say, to uh, to really have a, a very long career in this game. Uh, the best of the Aussies in this, and can we just have a little chat about Jason Day? So, understand that it's been it's been pretty up and down for him over the last few years. He's battled injury, he's battled some other things as well. Um, if you follow him on social media, he he's really the effort to 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 you know he, he's trying to almost you feel like some of his posts are about revving himself up. I mean, he's really, I feel like he's really working so hard yeah. um, to get back to where he was as a major winner. 
His last 12 holes, so he finishes tied for eighth, but his last 12 holes, birdie, par, birdie, birdie, par, birdie, birdie, par, birdie, 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 birdie. Oh, my gosh. How many unders that? I don't know. <laughs> but, but that's, I mean, I think we're all rooting. I know he shot 63. Um, we're all rooting for Jason Day, yeah. I think, to, to get back to um, where we where he's been and, and where we hope that he can, yeah. can get to again. But he finished uh, tied for eighth, and it was his, um, I, I don't have it in front of me, but it's his best finish in quite some time. It will be, yeah. I mean, obviously he got to number one in the world yeah. many years ago. Injuries have played a big part in his career as to being able to sustain that that uh, that level of excellence. But um, it's just good to see him back. And he seems to be healthy. He seems to be playing well. Mm. He used to go at the ball so hard. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why he got injured a little bit more often than most other players. It sounds as though he's got that sorted out. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's in a good space. He, he lives um, up in Columbus uh, near Jack Nicholas's golf course, Murfield Village. So that's a, that's a pretty cool place to yeah. play and practice out of, I would imagine. Is it now with you golfers, mm. they're always it's, you're always in little communities. You're always yeah. you're always there's no golfer just living alone somewhere well, without any other golfers anywhere near them. Not 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 usually. Not Maybe usually. Tiger. Um who else is around him in that uh, particular area? I actually don't know up there. Yeah. I mean, that particular area, I, I'm not sure why he chose I, I have a feeling he chose it because his wife's from that area. Okay. So that's probably why why he's up there. I know there are other pros up there. I'm just yeah. not sure who. I mean, the most popular spot for pros is Florida. Yeah. You know, down that west That's where you were, wasn't it? Yeah, I was in Orlando in the middle where Tiger used to live and, yeah. until he hit the fire hydrant, obviously. Uh, but there's still probably a good eight to ten pros in the community that I was I yeah. was living in, like who, who Stuart was, Appleby. Yeah, who was in your little um, uh, gang? Gang. Well, there was Stuart Appleby, <laughs> Charles yep. Howell, Bubba for a little while. He was in there. Yep. Uh, Retief Goosen, Trevor Immelman, Tiger, obviously. Uh, you, the list goes on and on. But uh, and players move in and move out as they. Do they had a lot of barbecues in each other's house <laughs> and stuff like that. Did you? Well, actually, Retief has a great uh, <laughs> a great. He makes a great wine. Does he, uh, he makes his own wine. How do you, what kind of grape are they growing in Florida? Well, yeah, no, it's over in Stellenbosch, uh, over, over in South Africa. Oh, of course, but, uh, yeah. But Stewie's house we were around the most because yeah. my wife, uh, Alana, was great friends with her and still is with, with, with his wife, Ashley. So yeah. you tend to hang out with whoever the wives hang out with, right? Fair enough. <laughs> Um, no, that's uh, it's a great little insight. It was, it was a good result for Jason, as you said there, tied eighth. I mean, it's his best result in some time. Lucas yep. Herbert tied for 20th, another yeah, solid week for 81, him. Uh, 81 and a half K for him, about 242 for Jason Day, so they're not mm. bad paydays either. I think Lucas is going to need that. I think uh, Sam McClure is over there uh, travelling around with him at the moment. Okay. Um, I, don't know, I don't know who's paying the way, but if, if it is on Lucas, then at least he's been able to fit the bill. Oh, there you go. Put the bill. Yeah. Um, Cam Davis tied for 37th. And our man? Harrison. Yeah. Harrison Endicott. Got a payday. He, he made the cut. That's, that's, and that's what... How big's that? Oh, it is. It's just a confidence builder. You know, even if you make the cut on the number and First you don't have a great yep. weekend. I mean, it just gives... Playing four rounds at these golf to, at these courses, because it's his rookie year, he, he's, he hasn't seen the Shriners course before, TPC Summerlin. So to get four rounds on it, That'll just be in his memory bank for next year. Okay, these, this is where the pins are going to be on the weekend. All those little things add up over a, over a period of time and over a career. The only downside for the Aussies was Ryan Ruffles, who, who Monday qualified to get into the tournament, but unfortunately he ended up missing the cut. He didn't have a great week. But um, I've played that a tournament many times. It's one of those courses where you can go extremely low. I played with Kevin Nah there one year when he, he won the tournament. I think he shot eight or nine under a couple of rounds in a row. It was fascinating to watch. Um, but it's a course where if you get 
the the ball rolling on the greens because you're going to hit a lot of fairways, a lot of greens around there. And if you get the putter hot, you can light it up. And and that's where Cantley did, obviously, on the Saturday, almost shooting the 59. But uh, all, all credit to Tom Kim. Great start to his career, and we'll see where he takes it. Uh, let's go to this. Hang on. I the group that we've got at the moment. Wills. No, hang on. That didn't work. <laughs> this has uh, just been part of the little bit of fun we've had today. All right, this will work. Viva What was that? Viva Sevi! That was the that was the yell from the background. So this was John Rahm's winning putt at the Open Diaspana mm. in, in Madrid. Uh, and the reason they were yelling out Seve's name was Seve won this tournament three times, and that was for John Rahm to equal his record of three wins. And uh, and he did it in style. Unfortunately for the Aussies, he, he did it over Minwoo Lee because Minwoo and him were neck and neck going into the last round. And, yeah. and Minwoo hung with him for quite a Didn't while he? there. He did, yeah. A couple was... of Callaway guys just out there together. <laughs> yeah, well. Notice I've done it again. You've done it again. That's okay. Um now, they, uh, they were sort of neck and neck over the first seven holes. Um, Ram hold a couple of nice putts early. Tried, looked as though he was going to get away from Minwoo, but then he birdied six, eagled seven to get back within one. But then Ram just went on a tear after that and ended up shooting a, a final round of 62, nine under par, yep. which is very impressive. Minwoo fell away a little bit. Solo third, which is a great result for him. Again, Minwoo is one of these players where he's pretty streaky. He can... He can uh, go low and and really contend in tournaments, but he can also miss a lot of cuts as well, which he has done uh, of late. And his world ranking sort of dropped quite a way away. Uh, Frenchman uh, Mathieu Pavon finished in second place, and the only reason he overtook Minwoo was he birdied two of the last three holes. But um, an outstanding effort there from Minwoo to play well at that. I love that golf course. I've, mm. I've been there quite a few times. I actually finished second there once back almost 20 years ago. I almost, uh, almost won that event, which was a bit of fun. But Who got you? I oh, see. I can't even remember that. That's I put it out of my mind straight away because yep. I didn't win. But uh, I remember playing with Chucky Fowler in the last round. That was fun. But yeah. you know, one of my lasting memories is going to the Plaza Mayor, which is a famous area in Madrid, and you get the tappers and, and the wine, and they had a bull bar there, which was an ode to the, uh, to the bulls, not the bull fighters. And they had all these pictures throughout this tappers bar mm. of you know, certain things going through bullfighters' ankles and legs and things well, like that. Because so. without changing the topic too much, I, I, I when I was a younger, a spry, more spryer gentleman, mm. um, and I don't know if I'd do it now, but back then uh, I ran with the bulls in oh, Pamplona. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, almost oh. got uh, taken out twice. That's crazy. Um, didn't like the bullfight. No. Thought it was quite... But, but one thing that people aren't aware of is that bulls are sacred. To the Spanish, they I can't are. speak of it. Where else they 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 have matadors around the world? But if 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 the crowd feel like you have disrespected, actually, the year I did it, Dennis Rodman did it uh, oh. as well. <laughs> um, and and the crowd, if they feel like you've disrespect and been too hard, like if you've mistreated the bull, then they do this whistle, which is like a boo. Um, so the bulls are considered to be sacred um, and 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 uh, to be treated as such. I know wow. it doesn't make much sense given what bullfighting yeah. is. But, yeah, it's a fascinating part of the Spanish culture. So um, I'm not surprised that there is a bar that is in yeah, it's in reverence, yeah. In reverence. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I can't remember the name of it, but if you get to the Madrid, go and look it up. It's a, it's a magic. I love Madrid, mm. the town itself. But the golf course is, is very impressive. A lot of elevation changes. Uh, greens are quite small. You have to work your ball around there. And they're in a 
run of about three events on the DP World Tour where they're going to continue to play in Spain. So got, mm. I think Valderrama's coming up next, which is a, a, a wonderful event there over in Europe. Um, the only other Aussie to make the cut was Maverick Ancliffe, who finished in 62nd place. We had a couple of guys miss the cut, unfortunately. But um, it's great to see John Rahm obviously playing in his National Open, supporting the DP World Tour. He ended up moving up one spot from six to now number five in the world rankings. Yeah, he did. Uh, got the 18 points for that. And I think Tom Kim moved up to 15th from 21st, if I'm... And he's not even 21. Some not even 21. Yeah, you're right. He's moved up to 15. Uh, still so much to talk about. You can talk with us. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 on Off The Tee. Sam Hargraves and Nick Ahern with you. Or you can text us 0433-98-1116. We've got so much still to get through. Uh, of course, we're going to tap into Nick's knowledge, all thanks to Ping. Uh, very, very good sponsors uh, and supporters of this show. So for Ping, Nick's knowledge uh, will be, before the end of the show, Will he'll share a tip from his book, How to Play Your Best Golf. He'll take us to a course uh, that he's played around the world that you can play as part of Big Swing Golf. And there is so much to talk about with Liv. Uh, and there's some great stories for Aussies uh, abroad. And also the schedule for the Australian Summers Out, Nick, which we will go through um, as it well, and did we do your big reveal um, for the uh, Cathedral Invitation? Was that last week? We did that last week, but a couple more big names uh, have added to the list, so we'll talk about that a little okay. bit later. Uh, this is Off the Tee on SEN. You're listening to Off the Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off the Tee podcast. I mean, they're delaying the inevitable. We've hit every mark in their criteria. So for us not to get points is kind of crazy with having the top, oh, at least I believe we have the top players in the world. Um, uh, not all of them, but we certainly believe that there's enough that are in the top 50 and we deserve to be getting world ranking points. When they keep holding it back, they're just going to keep playing a waiting game where we're going to keep dropping down in the rankings to where our points won't ever matter. And that's what they're trying to accomplish. And I hope that um, people can see right through that rather than believe the, the lies that they've been told. Um, from my perspective, I think uh, we deserve points. Nick Ahern on Off the Tee. Who was that and what, pray <laughs> tell, are they referring to? That would be Bryson DeChambeau. Heard of him? Yes, you've heard of him. Talking about official world golf ranking points that mm. should be allocated to the Live Golf Tournaments. Because apparently, according to Bryson, they're hitting every mark in the criteria to get world ranking points, which is possibly the most delusional thing I think I've heard him say in a while. <laughs> Why, how come? Well, you know, with the, the criteria for world ranking points, the, there's a number of things that you that you need to mm. do. And and look, I mean, to give you a bit of a brief history on official world golf world rankings, they've been around about 36 years or so. 1986 is when they started and mm-hmm. they've been around a while and, and they yeah. really serve just, you know, professional golf to give a list of who is the best player in the world pretty much and who gets into certain tournaments. Now, there's calls of late we shouldn't have any world rankings. I find that difficult to believe because then you, how are you going to know who should get into what? That's a big part about yep. it. So, you know, Liv, obviously, they don't get these world ranking points because they don't hit certain criteria to uh, be able to get points at a, at a golf tournament. Um, number one being they, they, they don't have a cut, for example. That there's one of the criterias. Another one being um, they, there's no qualifying system to get in to the Live Tour. Um, that's that's part of the – there needs to be a pathway. So that's another one. 72 holes generally, but there are tours that do have, do have 54 holes, so that's probably not one of those criteria, I would say. 
you need to have an average field size of 75 players or more. And obviously with only 48 players on live, that's a bit of a struggle. Um, so they're sort of the things that he, you know, is, is talking about that they have hit those marks, which is, which is completely false. So I don't know what marks he's thinking that they're hitting. However, you know, the big news this past week was how they um, partnered with the MENA tour. So before you get to explain <laughs> who MENA is, okay. what MENA is, and, and how this would have worked... So Greg Norman's been at this for a while saying the rankings will come. We will, we will find a way to make this happen. And maybe this is why he was so confident. Mm. The, this partnership, as it was called, and he tweeted at the DP Tour and the PGA about this is what a, you know, partner, I think it was, this is what a partnership looks like. He's been described as a diabolical genius. He is, he is playing the role of, you know, uh, evil villain, villain genius, <laughs> mar- criminal, mar- not criminal, I shouldn't say criminal. I'm, Mastermind, I don't know. Yeah, so. um, He's playing the bad guy mastermind role very well, Greg Norman. So explain what Mina is and just what exactly what it was that Greg Norman and Liv had almost successfully mm. done. So, so because they're not getting world ranking points, because there is a process for this, mm. you know, it usually takes about a year. Once you have all this criteria that I just mentioned, then you have to comply with it for a year. One year, so they're at least a year away to getting world ranking points, obviously. Yeah. Now, there's calls from everyone, every, every, you know, all these different sides, I guess you could say, especially the players that are playing live, we, we want these world ranking points. Now, I woke up the other day and, and I saw on, I think it was Twitter or something like that, or even a, a news, uh, an article that says, right, we're, we're getting world ranking points this week. Fantastic. Live golf and all this. And I thought, hang on, how is this possible? Mm-hmm. More I looked into it, I thought, okay, so what they've done, there is a tour called the MENA Tour, M-E-N-A, and that stands for Middle East North Africa. So that, that's a tour which is based out of Dubai. They actually haven't had a tournament in two and a half, three years. I mean, yeah, because uh, of COVID, it's been inactive. It, it's been inactive, yeah. The typical purse prize or the purse fund on this tour is $75,000 per event, which is a little right. bit away from the $20 million that Live Golf offers in their tournaments. Just a touch off. So what's happened is they've decided to partner or, or all Live players joined the MENA Tour because MENA actually have world ranking points at their tournaments. Mm. So now, interesting move here. I mean, it was a ballsy call by Greg and, yep. and obviously the, all the, the Live team behind him. They've gone, okay, we are now affiliated with uh, MENA and this next event in Bangkok is a MENA Golf tournament. You know, with with live golfers playing. Yep. So and the same with the next tournament in Jeddah, yeah, which exactly. is later exactly. this month. Yeah. So it was a big call, and um, they put their application forward to the official world rankings and said um, we should be able to get ranking points off this. And they've gone and gone. Hmm. Hang on. Uh, this suspiciously looks like a live uh, tour <laughs> event rather than a meter <laughs> tour event. And they denied him the points for, for this week. Now, how long this goes on for, I really don't know. So, officially, um, there was a statement that came out that said, OWGR, official World Golf Ranking, notes that the first two tournaments in this series appeared to be the same as the Live Golf <laughs> Invitational Series tournaments in Bangkok and Jeddah. The communication from the Minotaur included a starting field data file for the Bangkok tournament, confirming that to be the case. A review of the changes to the Minotaur is now underway. Notice of these changes given by the Minotaur is insufficient to allow OWGR to conduct the customary necessary review ahead of the Live Golf Invitational Bangkok, and which has just been run and won, and we'll talk about that in a moment, and the Live Golf Invitational Jetta October 14th to 16th. Only after the review is complete will a decision to be made uh, will a decision be made on awarding points to the MENA Tour's new limited field tournaments? Um, 
it's interesting looking at their new schedule too because they have 10 events at $75,000 and 10 events at $20 million. So there's a bit of a differential there. The uh, golfers on the tour, as we know, have been banned from the PGA Tour. They've been uh, ruling out American players from qualifying for the Ryder Cup. European stars to have left for live, Westwood Poulter, Garcia, have all plummeted down the world rankings, making it unlikely um, for them to make the Ryder Cup team. So there's a whole lot of ramifications of this. But um, So that's a fascinating, another fascinating turn of events in this live golf journey that um, more and more, and I'll, and I'll, I'll ask you about this on the other side of the break because even the staunchest of critics are now not softening but certainly more open, and Roy McIlroy is one of them, to negotiations, peace talks. Is he? Treaty. Okay, I'll be interested to hear what he has to I'll, say. I'll read so. it out to you um, in a moment, but we should quickly just touch on that the, the event, their last event, the second last event of their season. They've already crowned their um, inaugural yes. champion, uh, Dustin Johnson. The individual title he was crowned yes. for the series. Yeah. Um, just in case you were wondering what he gets for that, a $28 million bonus. It's insane, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. it's, 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 it's sickening um, in a way. Um, rising star. Now, this is a big story in, in European yes. golf because, um, and you'll help me with the pronunciation because mm. you're such a well-traveled, oh, worldly yeah, of course. gentleman. <laughs> um, but I'll go with Eugenio lopez Shakara. Perfect. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. The, the, the Eugenio was the Eugenio, hard one. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> only turned professional in June this year, has walked away with a $5.4 million payday. He won uh, his first tournament in Bangkok. Um, he decided to join Liv instead of the PGA Tour. Um, he landed his first big check. He held off uh, former Masters winner Patrick Reed by three strokes uh, at Stonehill Golf Club. Um, opening two rounds of 65 and 63, uh, finished on 19 under. Mm. Yeah, it was a great win by, by the young man. And, and as you said, he's 22 years old, former number two amateur in the world, two-time All-American out of Oklahoma State. He's Which got, is, that's a big golf he's school, got isn't game. it? That's massive. Yeah. yeah, it is a big golf school there. And, and look, uh, this is where it gets interesting, you know, where they're saying, oh, well, he should be awarded world ranking points, things like that. <sighs> It's a tough one. He hasn't gone through all the hard yards that a lot of players that have gone through the Corn Ferry, the PGA Tour, the European, you name all the tours in the world. Professional golf is is cutthroat and you have to earn your stripes. Mm. He kind of hasn't earned his stripes in a, in a way. I mean, he has obviously beating, beating all the players and, and winning that event. And I take my hat off to him. And I can see that for a young player now coming out of college, there's this massive carrot being dangled at you with all this money. Why wouldn't you take it? Why, why don't you go, okay, I'm, I know I'm probably going to make a good 5 to 10, 15, maybe $20 million over the next few years mm. if I play well enough, rather than going to the mini tours, going to the Corn Ferry Tour, going yep. to play over in Asia or something like that where you may just not succeed. And the, and, and, and the, very, the thing is, how old is he? Uh, 22. Yeah, so he very, may, he very may well go and do that Yeah, in may, a couple of years' do. time and he might do it with... As you said, fifteen or twenty mil, and he skyrocketed, mm. which means that he doesn't have that added stress that so many players have to to grind it out on the lower level tours to get their card. Now that might be upsetting for some, but again, what upsets us more is probably the fact that he's got the choice and well, he's choosing this path first. Mm. And he yeah. may very well go back to to doing it the traditional way, but he'll do it from a position. And you might make the argument, Nick, that well. 
some of the you get the best out of yourself when you need to be fed, and you, you know. So yeah. the hunger will the hunger be there? Yeah, I, I remember strokes, the, the the most the, the least stressful events I ever played was usually the World Golf Championships when there mm. were no cuts or anything like that, and you were guaranteed. Uh, we're going to come back. There's still a couple of live things to put on the agenda. And Nick Ahern, I'm going to give you the ad break to answer this question that's come off the text from Michael because I think it's a good one. Mm. Commonwealth Games, uh, we're thinking that uh, the, the belief is, has it been officially announced yet? Yeah, well, yes, I saw it the other day. Commonwealth Games, uh, golf is coming to Victoria. Yes, so at the Victorian Com Games, golf will be part of the Commonwealth Games. So the question from Michael is, which course Ooh. should they play? Let me have a think about that one. On the other side of the break, we'll get an answer for that and we'll go through your other texts too. 0433 on the 40 Winks Temper Text. This is Off the Tee, a dedicated golf show, part of the Sporting Capital on SEN. You're listening to Off the Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off the Tee podcast. Uh, we're loving the interaction off the 40 Wings Temper Tech, 0433 A great question from Michael, Nick, before the break. Mm. Um, Commonwealth Games coming in uh, 2026. Six. Regional Victoria yes. hosting the Com Games. Uh, mm. That's the important caveat to note. Michael wanting to know where should, because golf is one of the three uh, captain's picks. Yeah. <laughs> for just continuing on the golf analogies, like <laughs> it was a, a Ryder Cup. Um one of the three captain's picks of sports to be included is golf. So Michael wants to know where should the Commonwealth Games golf be played, 2026 Com Games? Well, I'd love it if it could go to the National. I think that would be fantastic down there on the Mornington Peninsula. You've got three really yep. world-class golf courses, amazing facilities. That would be awesome. You know, it's got a bit Beautiful of a regional, scenery too, yeah, regional the ocean. vibe to it. Um, I'd consider Mornington Peninsula yeah, regional. I think so. Or if you go across the other side, you've got 13th Beach where they've had the Vic Open. Yep. I, I really like that. They've got 36 holes there. Uh, you know, being a Perth boy originally, I've only been in Melbourne a few years. I haven't played a lot of the country courses, so I don't know too many of them. Can you throw a couple at me? Oh, Rich River, okay. I think, is right. uh, is a beautiful course. Could play it in Bendigo. They're playing some other okay. stuff there. Yeah. Nianga, it's uh, probably maybe not. Um, that's where Lucas Herbert's home course is. So, um, no, I think those are some great okay. options. Mm. But I think... Um, Along the river, there's and people will be able to tell us off the text zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen the best regional courses that you've played in uh, around Victoria. I was going to Google it during the break, but it was doing some other things. But I'm hoping that the off the tr- uh, off the tee uh, list uh, the family might be able to just to give us a few Please. recommendations. I'd, I'd, Do you know I'd, where it would be good? Well, I, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> cathedral. Well, yeah, well, well, can Dave Evans yeah. not open up Cathedral well, for the Com Games? Maybe. I'll have to have a word to David and Sonia <laughs> and, and see what they say. But I, I actually want people to, to, to ring in or, or text mm. in and, and give me some recommendations of where I should be playing because I want to play a lot of these regional courses that I haven't been what able about to. about the Dunes? Uh, the Dunes is very nice. Yeah. And that's on the way down to yeah, the Mornington, right? Yeah, Yeah, I think we can... Yeah. Classify that. Classify as, that. Well, yeah. do you, people from Mornington tell me, do you consider yourself to be part of Metro Melbourne or do you consider yourself mm. to be, um, a, you know, out of the city in a, in, a, in a regional location? Well, during lockdown, I think it was regional. They, well, no, they, <laughs> no, that was wasn't. what upset them uh, very, <laughs> upset them greatly. Um, yeah. So keep, send your recommendations through the best regional golf courses in Victoria, 0433 98 uh, 11 16 on the 40 Winks temper text. Um, the idea that there is a softening of the hardline stances that have been in place by some key players 
who have railed against the Live uh, Golf, the breakaway tour. John Rahm, who has stayed with the PGA, has real concerns about the Ryder Cup being one-sided. And given that a lot of the walk-up starts to the Ryder Cup um, probably can't play now, he's, from what I'm reading, and, in a, in a, and this is an article on the Fox Sports website um, by uh, Christy Doran, is saying that he has urged administrators to allow the Rebels a chance to compete in the tournament. Speaking that uh, also that Rory McIlroy said, I don't want a fractured game, I never have. Um, you can't let it go too much longer. So I'm all for everyone sitting around a table and trying to figure out something uh, for sure. Mm. I know we talk about this each week, but I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Um, I'm curious to know who John Rahm is thinking would make the European Ryder Cup team from the live players. That's that's who I'd like to know. Um, I mean, I don't think Sergio is really playing well enough. Uh, Lee Westwood's pretty much, he's played his last one. Poulter's not playing well enough. Uh, who else have we got on the European side of things? Henrik Stenson, he's a, well, he was, he was meant the to captain. be a Ryder Cup captain, but that didn't happen, obviously. So, I mean, yeah, I've, with, there's, there's a real young, strong um, core coming through on the European sides. Now, are they as good as the Americans? Of course not. I mean, um, the American nucleus now is, is set in stone for almost for the next 10 years. They've got a very, very strong uh, team. And again, on the American side, who would... Who would play there? I think the only ones might be Dustin Johnson and maybe Taylor Gooch. That'd be about it. DeChambeau? No. No. Brooks no, Kepka, Patrick he... Reed, probably just They're not playing well enough. I no. mean, if you look at what they've shot in these events and, and everything, it, since they've gone to live, you've sort of almost forgotten about them. Some great nominations coming through about regional Victorian golf courses that could be the home of the Commonwealth Games uh, golf. Uh, we've got uh, the Murray course at Yarrawonga. Actually, I've played that. Have you? That's a beautiful course. Okay. Fantastic course. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, if, it was, if we're talking regional New South Wales, I'd say Bonville without a doubt. Um, Gisborne, that course. I haven't okay. played Gisborne. Have you played Gisborne? No, I've got to write these down. So, I'll Gisborne. Play. All right. Uh, Trentham's a... No, uh, yeah, Trentham's a nice little course. Um, Myrna Lynx, uh, mm-hmm. that, that beautiful course at Myrna Lynx. Played a couple of Australian Opens down there. Back yeah. nine, I uh, hit eight out of nine fairways there once. Oh, so I was okay. just having a couple That's of why you remember alone. it, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Three putted everything <laughs> after that. <laughs> that happens. Uh, Peninsula Kingswood's coming through uh, as well. So keep sending those through. It's a, it's a great little, um, and surely has to be the iconic Rosebud mini golf course. So that's <laughs> come through uh, as well. Mornington is regional. The National is the only option outside of Peninsula Kingswood for a competitive setup. That's come through from Nathan mm. um, as well. Just some other results that we should be uh, pretty excited about. I was rapt to see uh, Grace Kim, who we've been following with great interest on the Epson Tour. Um, Didn't play in the final tournament, um, but had enough points in the bank that she will now front up for the LPGA. I've said a few times that uh, in the Western Open as part of the New South Wales Regional Series, I watched her go around and come second by just a stroke to Daniel Gale, um, playing against the men. And was just time after time so blown away in her first, I think it was her first or second tournament as a professional playing against the men. Just the radar in which, I mean, darts at a dartboard stuff with her approach shots, just yeah, plonked them. She's world class, that's for sure. Yep. I remember watching her, uh, I think she came runner-up to Suo in the Australian PGA Championship uh, last year. And and ever since I saw her play that, I thought, wow, this, this girl's really good. And uh, she unfortunately missed the cut in the last event, the Tour Championship. But she, because she was fourth going into it, she only slipped back one spot to fifth out of the ten cards that they give. 
unfortunately, the other two players who were in the running was uh, Gabby Ruffles, Ryan's sister. Yeah. She finished tied 11th in the golf tournament but slipped down the list to 15th. <sighs> and then Robin Choi finished tied for 20th and came 17th. So they'll, they'll be going through... Um, I guess the Q series, which is a you know the qualifying school to get into the LPGA tour as well. So that's another route they can do. As far as the other tournaments go, on the LPGA, for instance, uh, Karis Davidson had a nice result, uh, tied for thirty second, along with Sarah Kemp and Steph Kiriako tied for sixty six. That was in the LPGA Medi Hill Championship in California. Uh, there was an Englishman, uh, English uh, lady, Jody Hewitt. Shadoff went wide and wide. One stroke win in her 246th start. Her first really? win on tour. Is that right? Amazing. I mean, you've got to take your hat off to her. That was to have that uh, longevity in the game for one, but just to keep persevering and, and to finally get that win is it was incredible. I watched the end of it and, and I was almost crying watching it. It was brilliant, but uh, um, great result for her. And another one, a bloke you know well, don't you? Elvis Smiley. Um, yes. On the qualifying school stage, one of the DP World Tour playing uh, at Mottram St Andrew, uh, Champneys Mottram Hall in Cheshire. In England, tied for second um, yep. in that behind uh, the winner. Um, two through. shots back, uh, Takumi uh, Kanaya. Got through first stage of the European or DP World Tour qualifying school. Yeah, there's mm. three stages. So he got through the first one, which was great. He had Mike Clayton on his bag, his good mate, which uh, caddying for him, which was a bit of fun. Uh, then second stage for him and also another uh, local Melbourneian who's going over, uh, Blake Collier, who got through the first stage at uh, Rosebud. And some others. Uh, that's coming up first week in November in Spain, the second stage. And the Australian PGA Professionals Championship finished today in stunning Yarra. Yarra, this has come through from Andrew, who's contributing nicely. Um, Scott Laycock. I'm guessing Scott Laycock. Yeah. yeah. Um, the two leading finishes going to start in the PGA Championship at Royal Queensland. So it's an important tournament. Scott gave up uh, his place to third place. TJ King and Jaden Cripps qualified for that. So congratulations to them. Hey, we're almost out of time, so we've got to come back with uh, the course that you're going to recommend that we uh, front up to if we're going to go to Big Swing Golf that you've played in real time, and it's almost just as good um, if you're playing at Big Swing Golf. And the tip of the week, we've got a question coming through from the tip of the week too from Mark. So um, we're going to read that out to you. A couple more suggestions. Cape Shank uh, mm-hmm. coming through. I played there uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and the name is very befitting of the, the way <laughs> I went around in it. Um, Warnable. I haven't played in Warnable, so that's coming out. And St Andrews Beach in Fingal has to be the best regional course. Very technical and often challenging with the winds coming off Bass Strait. That's from Jace in Mornington. Uh, we will finish up with Nick's knowledge, a tip from his book, How to Play Your Best Golf, and our Big Swing Golf segment after this on Off the Tee. You're listening to Off the Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off the Tee podcast. Uh, Big Swing Golf is the supreme golf simulator. Indoor golf, it's real, it's fun, it's fast, a massive screen, selection of exciting virtual games. Big Swing Golf delivers. It's a one-of-a-kind simulation. It's fun for golfers and non-golfers alike and a great time you'll always have heading to Big Swing Golf. They're all up and down the eastern seaboard. BigSwingGolf.com.au. 84 courses uh, that are around the world and in Australia that you can play in simulator style. Nick Ahern takes us to one every week. Where are we going this week, Nick? We're going, just because we're talking about Jason Day in Ohio, where he lives, we're going to go to Firestone Country Club, which is in Akron, Ohio. Yes. Yeah, they used to have... LeBron's hometown. Exactly. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, They used to have the the Bridgestone Invitational there every year, a World Golf Championship. They still have the Senior Opens there as well. Uh, An amazing golf course. Very tough test, though. You... You've got to drive the ball very well there. There's some strong par fours, so a lot mm. of long par fours. Get your long iron and your driver in check. 
and fairly small greens, but it's one of my favourites uh, in in the state of Ohio. Murfield Village was great, but uh, if you get a chance to play Firestone, it is it's going to test your game out no end. And famous for what moment? Tiger Woods winning in the dark. If you have a look it up on YouTube or yep. whatever, you'll see him hitting this shot. And basically, I don't know how he even saw the green, but he hit an amazing iron over the tree. The 18th hole, he got a big tree in front of the green. That's one to remember. And he hit the shot to about three wood. Uh, three feet to beat uh, Jim Furyk in a playoff. Bigswinggolf.com.au. We are so wrapped to have them on board off the tee. It's indoor golf. It's real. It's fun. It's fast. If you haven't been yet, you are seriously missing out. The best simulator experience in the business. Um, each week, all thanks to our very good friends at Ping Golf, uh, we like to bring you the Ping Play Your Best Golf Tip from Nick Ahern's book, How to Play Your Best Golf. Use Ping Golf Equipment so you can play your best. There's a question that's come through from Mark off the text. Nick, I've read your books and they've definitely helped my game almost at single figures. However, biggest issue for me is lag putting. Three putts are ruining my scores. Any tips, Mark? Yeah, most uh, three putts come because of the speed issues. I might have spoken about this before. However, it's so important in the game of golf because three putts are the most common sort of things that happen on the green. You probably three putt more than you one putt, a lot of people. Mm. And that always has to do with speed. Three putts come because you either go too long or too short. You're never really too wide. And speed has to do with, a lot of it has to do with your stroke. So what you want to do is you want to match your backswing and your follow-through in length and in speed. What I t- see happening with a lot of people is they have a very short backswing and then they hit the ball harder or softer depending on how far the putt is. So they're not really maintaining a nice rhythm and a tempo. So rhythm and tempo is the key. The other thing I would recommend is actually practice your short putts, your three and four or five footers, because if you hold them on a regular basis, the long putts become much easier because you think, well, if I hit to three or four or five feet, well, it doesn't matter so much. So then that frees you up on those longer putts. Um, and you've spoken in the book before about how you break down the, I suppose, sections of the long mm. putt. Yeah, you can, the way you read the green is really important as well. And, and one thing I've always said, and I've spoken about this before, is look, whenever you read a putt, look from the side, especially the low side of the putt, because you'll see more of the break from there. The Australian summer starts in earnest uh, this weekend. We're so excited uh, the uh, Australasian PGA tournaments that are starting, and where are you headed uh, this weekend? This week is the WA PGA Championship uh, in Kalgoorlie. I'm really looking forward Incredible. to commentating that on the weekend. So it's the start of a good run of events. We've got the WA PGA, then the WA Open, Vic PGA, Queensland PGA, Australian PGA, all these PGAs, and then the big one, the Australian Open, followed by an even bigger one, the Cathedral Invitational. Yes. <laughs> uh, a thousand order merits points for the tournament this weekend. Defending champion Jay McKenzie, and then it's to um, the WA Go- uh, Open Golf Championship. Braden Becker uh, won that last year, uh, and then heading to the Victorian PGA, November tenth to thirteenth. Blake Windred was the winner last year. Uh, we've got about thirty seconds. You should go down and have a look at that one. The Vic PGA is down at Rosebud. Great tournament, I think. Is my, it Vic PGA? Is that where it is? Spent part of his I childhood think that's there. Where it is. Actually, uh, Links. Moona Links, sorry. I'm thinking TPS yeah. Victoria, but another quality golf course. You'll really enjoy it. Uh, and you just wanted to send a quick cheerio in the 20 seconds we've got left. Uh, yes. Well, so last week, um, unfortunately, there was a famous uh, female golfer, Margie Masters, passed away at the age of 87 in America. She was actually one of Australia's greatest women pros, a pioneer for women in the game of golf. She passed away in Tucson, Arizona. So all the best to her family. Um, we send our condolences. That's it from Off the Tee. If you missed anything, sen.com.au to get the podcast. We will be back with you same time next week. Until then, enjoy. Go hit them. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. 
T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.